Okay, welcome to the OA Light a Candle Meeting Podcast. Visit our website at www.oalaig.org where you'll find three separate speaker feeds with over 200 speaker files, forms for ordering CDs for these speakers, and a place to donate to keep this special service active. I would now like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Elisa. Hello, I'm Elise, a compulsive overeater. How are you? Hi. <laughs> I am so honored to be at this meeting, and it's uh, incredible that and miraculous that I was asked on my birthday, which was last minute, of course, as God loves to do, doesn't he? To all of us, just these little surprises and, and wonderful things. Uh, this week has been just a week of miracles, including the honor of, of speaking to you all. And... Um, I had such a, a funny incident happen just before I came here, so I wanted to share it. It's not really program-related, but somewhat. Um, I was walking um, along Little Santa Monica Boulevard in Beverly Hills with a Starbucks that I had just purchased, and I um, stopped at a light, and a homeless person began asking me for money. And um, I only had large bills. I like to give dollars, usually, so I declined. And then the uh, homeless person said, oh, are, is your name Elisa? And I'm like, okay, yeah, how do you know? He goes, I'm clairvoyant. I'm like, no, you're not. How do you know my name? <laughs> and uh, he goes, well, I'm like, wait, I don't have a name tag on. I'm like, what? how does he know my name? So he, he bartered with me. He goes, if you give me money, <laughs> I will tell you how I know your name. I was like, deal. How do you know it? He goes, it's on your Starbucks cup. <laughs> I thought that was hysterical. I was like, oh, my God. I got this big venti cup of Starbucks that was prominently displayed. I was just, it would have racked my brains had I not um, found out. But the reason it's kind of related to program is that before I probably would have, like, not engaged, like, I'm in Beverly Hills, why am I engaging with a homeless person, you know, like, my pride is that thick, and, you know, thank God for this program that I have the humility to, yeah, you know, you're homeless, you're like me, I'd love to help you out, I did give him all the change I had, and, um, you know, that is definitely a, te- a very, very small testimony of the huge things God has done, and that's basically... Like, I just loved the share of, you know, the other birthday person here and the chip taker here. And it's such, I mean, every time I walk into these rooms increasingly, I just get excited. Because even with the struggling and the pain and the heartache and the changes and the discomfort and, you know, the withdrawal symptoms and everything we struggle with, there is a solution, and many of us have found it. And if you keep coming back, newcomers, I tell you, you will find such incredible experience, strength, and hope. I, I can tell you. I have two years, and uh, just to qualify a bit, I was a size 14 coming in, and now I'm a size 4. I um, have had incredible spiritual maturity like and, and emotional healing happened. Nothing perfect, but a huge, huge progress. Um, I'm able to converse with my sister in a manner that I'm not 
slamming down the, the phone at the end of each conversation, which used to be our regular communication with each other. Um, I'm able to share a program with my mom. Last week when I phoned her, I shared how um, a... Uh, uh, um, Person from my uh, a manager from my building towed my car accidentally, and um, we got into you know words a bit, and uh, you know nothing. It, thanks to the program, it was very balanced. It was very solution focused. It was just you know what what's going on, and um, fast forward five weeks from the tow, I call her about um, something regarding my car. And she and I, something in my spirit said, ask her how she's doing. And when I did, we ended up talking an hour about how her grandson just died. Mm -hmm. And I had no idea. And I'm so glad, like, I listened. I didn't let, you know, first of all, she was on my resentment list, of course, that, you know, that week that she um, towed my car. So I was able to share that story with my mom. And how God, only through God was I able to, you know, be that thoughtful towards her and considerate and compassionate. And and I, she thanked me, repeat, the manager thanked me repeatedly, Elisa, I cannot thank you enough for talking with me about this. It was like she had nobody else to talk to it, at the depth that now I'm able to go to with people, you know. I mean, I don't like talking about death. And I, I, I went to an unexpected funeral. Um, I love shopping. That's another gift of this program. <laughs> I have that on my slides for. I went to my favorite shopping place and my favorite retailer died just unexpectedly he was only 51 and his funeral was that evening I rescheduled everything to make it and it was all the way in Cesar Chavez Boulevard which is like east of downtown and I I adjusted um, I stayed on the east side where the retail store is instead of going back to the west side where I was planning to do, you know, had all these plans. And just that ability to, you know, be compassionate. I was able to tell his his uh, son all these wonderful stories of how this uh, retail man helped me. And I hugged his, his son, like, twice very thoroughly. I cried. I saw the casket. He's being The next day he was being flown to Mexico. So if I didn't say my goodbyes then, it would be never. And I just decided, the only because of the program, I decided to prioritize his funeral over my prior, uh, and, and just got a switch. You know, before it would have been like all these thoughts, oh, la, 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 what should I do, indecision, la, la, la. but I knew instantly, you know, there's, you know, there's no way I can miss this. I, I, I really, really um, cherished that man. Um, he was amazingly gracious to me and went out of his way for me uh, to do things that were not legal to do for the, with the retailer, retail store. And, um, and and when I found out that, you know, he went through so much trouble, I would be like, oh, I'm never going to ask you to do that again. He's like, no, no problem. That's the type of man you go to a funeral, you know, for. So, um, yeah, so going back to my mom, my mom, when I shared with her about the manager's story, she opened up to this really miraculous story that happened to her of of avoiding like near death in a car accident that she was she went down the wrong way of a of a one way street and um, she said God protected her from getting killed basically and a police car came behind her and ended up helping her didn't give her a ticket and um, you know that was just it, it, it's just amazing how I can you know get to these new depths of appreciation over all of you, your, your experiences that 
have taught me how to work this program, how to how to go through challenges and remain abstinent and not even doing it perfectly all the time and being okay and, and deep, deep self-acceptance. I cannot tell you. I um, last week uh, had a pair of new beautiful glass, sunglasses to show a friend of mine in program and I left them at home. Normally, you know, the idea of wanting to do something like show off a new pair of glasses right then and there and forgetting them at home would have um, I would have chastised myself endlessly. Oh, Lisa, you, you, you know, you dumbass, you're so. Oh, how could you forget? You really wanted to show these off, and uh, you know, I had a like split second, and then I was just like, you know what? We're connecting next week. It's it's all good. We're gonna see. She's gonna see them eventually, and you know, I'm still a beautiful person despite uh, leaving the sunglasses at home. But also to qualify, I um, began a media in Compton. I am, uh, I, I sponsor two people. I uh, do a daily 10th step by going through four today and um, journaling what is there and how it relates to my life. I do a weekly 10th step by um, the resentment list I briefly touched upon with my manager (laughs) and her towing my car. What I do is I put a minimum of 10 people that I resent for that week. And and, um, I just do, you know, I do it right then and there when I see the resentment now that I've been doing this resentment list. But then I also write it down thoroughly and, um, write you know, vis-a-vis the big book um, inventory worksheet. And so I always write what my part is, um, where is my fault, how am I to blame, and take responsibility. And, and through all of these different tools, reaching out to you, meditation and prayer have been amazing, incredible, uh, which I do daily. Um, all these tools, uh, going to meetings, sharing, sponsoring, have being of service at all uh, the I have three key meetings that I go to every week, and at all the three, I have a service commitment. And just, you know, really getting immersed in, into the program. I, I completed my um, going through all 12 steps with my sponsor in six months, and this month I am beginning again uh, to go through the 12 steps with her, and this time through the workbook. The first time, what I did is went through the 12 and 12 and just journaled about you know, what my thoughts were. And now I'm going through the workbook of it and it's, you know, much more intense and in-depth and, and really exciting. I'm, I'm, I have started it the first step again. And, and, and also, uh, speaking of steps, I go to a year-long big book study, um, which I think I've seen some of you guys here it, at it. Uh, it meets on Tuesday nights and for a year and we just go through the big book which has been revelatory I mean oh my god I had no idea how crazy I was until I went to that big book study and and you know how much how crazy we really all are if we look at the truth of the situation and it's, it's been very healing for me to gain that self-acceptance of I'm a nut, you know, that's just, you know, and, 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 you know, and it's okay, and, and God is healing me of a lot, but, you know, it, it's really just a byproduct of whatever, and I'm so grateful that my neuroses has brought me here to where I can find a solution and other fellows that I can share these, you know, crazy way of thinking, you know, it's a threefold disease I've been learning increasingly, it affects our mind, I've, I had no idea, like, 
like it's so wonderful to read the big book and see myself so vividly reflected there. You know, I, I'm such an isolationist, and I'll go into that uh, in terms of my history. But I'm such an isolationist, and it's it, you know thought I was the only person who felt this way, who you know was so insecure. I mean, honestly, I was so delusional. I didn't even analyze it, you know, in terms of seeing myself being isolationist or lonely or it was just the way it is, you know. I but thankfully through the analysis that you can gain through, you know, connecting with you guys, talking to your sponsor, doing the readings, looking going to big book studies, you just discover so much. So, you know, the fact that I have had an allergy of my body, a defect of my, my spirit and my will in terms of, you know, I want to, I, just, I make a decision, but I'm not able to follow through. I make a decision, you know what, I'm not going to eat anymore, but I just don't have any power to follow through. And then the third part of the disease, which is, you know, the obsession of the mind, where you're just constantly ruminating over and over again about, you know, whatever, food, whatever addiction, life boyfriends, whatever. And so um, it's just so healing to know that I can do the steps. And that has been the absolute key. And, and I've been spiritual in my life. So um, I think I'm pretty well qualified about really what, um, you know, kind of what uh, God has been doing in my life. And so where it began is really you know, with a completely dysfunctional family surprise. Um, my father is a rageaholic, and my mom is um, one of us, always has been. She, my mom comes from an alcoholic family. Um, both her mom, my, my, both my grandparents were alcoholics. And it's, it's strange. I talked to my sister, who is one of us, and she has no clue. That, my sister is more engaged with our family than I am. Um, She's very social, and I, I totally admire her for that. And she somehow does not realize that our grandparents were alcoholics, which, you know, it's just, again, it's just the disease at work there. So, but, um, yeah, and so the way, and, and they were very, uh, my father, uh, very, you know, emphasis on high achieving, you know, doing well, being perfectionistic. And all while rageaholic. And so it was a really crazy household. And the way I saw to deal with stress from my mom was turn to food. And that's what I did. And so I, um, I, uh, in, in, in my going over my first step, I'm doing an, uh, a history, a uh, food history. And I noted that in childhood, one of my greatest joys was discovering 25 cents uh, cookies, where you could buy four chocolate chip cookies that were delicious uh, for 25 cents, and then corn chips for 25 cents, and that was within <laughs> that was within my budget every, you know, as a 13-year-old to be able to purchase on a daily basis, and I was in heaven, I would bake those cookies, I would, you know, dump them in, 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 in uh, milk, and uh, I went to private schools all my life, and I lived very far from my private school, but I just felt completely disconnected to, you know, I mean, look at Gothic Girl, right? That's where I went. And um, and that's the kind of scene it was, and I had no um, tools um, from my family, um, from any support whatsoever uh, in terms of knowing how to do that. So I completely isolated myself, didn't socialize, didn't, you know, um, didn't uh, try to really join any clubs or, or do anything. I just went home, 
which was, God, probably 20 miles away from where my schools were. I, I have no idea the mileage, but it was very far. And, um, yeah, I turned to food to, to deal with it all because that I needed relief. I needed uh, something to take the edge off, and that's, that was my uh, drug of choice. So uh, that's the teenage years. I, I joined a cult. <laughs> but it was a, it was a it, it was a, a minor one in terms of in in terms of it, it admitted it was a cult, it admitted it was a cult and then stopped it so that's a, that's a huge that's a huge you know cojones to do I left it after they joined they said they were a cult but I still admired them for admitting it but I I saw that you know looking back I did in that history of myself um it, and and what was good is it, it basically just emphasized um. The need to do the um, the uh, Old Testament, all of the Old Testament and all of the New Testament. So while I was a Christian, I was observing Jewish holidays, like you know Rosh Hashanah and Feast of Trumpets and things like that. So it was it was it was pretty benign. It wasn't like I was killing chickens and you know things, doing you know spilling blood and wearing it on a vial around my neck. So I, I wanted it was it was pretty. You know, for as far as cult goes, pretty healthy. Um, but it was very legalistic, which is really was that was a key problem. You know, that I still struggle with. But you know, that idea that you know, being very rigid, things are black and white. Um, you know, that you uh, have to be perfect, and that I oh, that I'm always right because I'm doing this cult that's you know doing the Old and New Testament. Okay, so. Anything, you know, I don't have to change, you guys have to change. And so that really bought into my isolationist thinking is what I just discovered by doing my first step over again by using the workbook. It's been really exciting to recognize this. And that's also a great thing is when I see these defects and when I see these, you know, like crazy thinking, I'm not really, I'm not hard on myself because I turn it over to God. I'm like steps one, two, three, six, and seven. I say them. I'm like, it's a constant dance, like, all throughout the day. I'm like, God, I'm powerless over this defect of legalism. I cannot manage it. I believe you will restore me to sanity. I turn this over to the care of you. I am entirely ready to have you remove this shortcoming, and I humbly ask you to remove this shortcoming. So it's his, he has to deal with it. You know, now I'm free. I'm, you know, at peace because God has taken on the work of, you know, healing that defect, and it's not like I'm instantly like, oh, no more perfectionism, but as I say it daily, gradually I see such, like, just miraculous changes, just like the miraculous stories I hear from all of you, I mean, and not that it's always like, ooh, you know, I've overcome this or overcome that, I mean, that's, that's not always the miracle, the miracle is that you keep coming back. The miracle is that you are here in this room. Do you know how much humility newcomers it takes? I mean, I had to be really kicked down bare bottom when I first started coming to OA. And um, two years ago, I was definitely at my bottom, and my life was completely unmanageable. And somehow God got me into these rooms, and I just feel, you know, just, you, you know, it doesn't take, like, um, like I said, just like this, all this rah rah, yeah, oh, oh, it's amazing, oh my God, I've. It doesn't take that. It just takes being willing and open, and um, I think that is to this spiritual program, and um, 
you know, I, I feel so going back to how it was, I just really was so broken um, and in need of this program so much sooner. But um, I went into the escape of entertainment industry where there are a lot of other creepy people like me, so I didn't, you know, feel as... Um, I felt a great kinship working in that industry, and I still do. And um, but that you know that has definitely been a draw for me is that um, kind of fantasy uh, land of of entertainment. And um, so going to, back to you know what happened to bring me here is I just. I have, you know, been on diets all my life and, uh, you know, big all my life and not ever, you know, kind of hearing about how stress is related to how you, you, you know, how, how you're big or gain weight, but not connecting the dots of my own disease and dysfunction. And it's incredible how delusional I have been in terms of just not seeing the truth that I am a compulsive reader. I've danced around it with, you know, Nutrisystem and Weight Watchers and uh, shots, B12 shots and, and Fenfen. And um, and it's almost like it's just you do these things, like, naturally. It's not like you're – like, now I would analyze it and be like, oh, my God, I'm trying to find a substitute to OA. And not that, you know, it's great if you want to substitute – other, you know, Weight Watchers to help you while doing OA. I mean, I would recommend that, certainly as a food plan option, um, if you if you so desire. I'm not saying that, but what I'm saying is it's just incredible to see now how, how completely under the illusion that I could control this, you know, this disease. Like, somehow I have the power within me if I just find the right diet and the right, the right um, uh, book about diets or the right support. Uh, through Weight Watchers or, um, you know, that, that, uh, Cajun vinegar <laughs> lemon, um, concoction that I had heard celebrities take to lose weight sounded good to me. I mean, uh, it's just such a Babylon, you know, out there and I was in the full midst of it and it, you know, it took, God did for me what I couldn't do for myself and He brought me here at a really low point, and he got me just wanting to go full force into the program. I knew this was the solution. One thing I didn't mention is for about three to six months, about five years ago, I had joined OA, and I was only in it for about three to six months. And I got a sponsor, and I was just so incredibly messed up in my head. I just couldn't stick with it. I just and then and you know what? It just wasn't time. I hadn't hit the right bottom. Um, I wasn't ready to work the steps, and, and that's fine. But God got my attention the second time around, and so I knew this was the answer. And I knew going the second time around that I had to really work this program because you do get out of it what you put into it. And I, I'm very lazy. And I, it's incredible. That's why it's like totally God that I've been able. I mean, size four, come on. I never in my life, like, seriously, my goal was size eight. And because I just wanted to be a single digit. 
and you know, and um, and be able to say, yeah, I'm a single digit. And next thing I knew, I mean, you know, just I got to my goal size. I buy tons of clothes, and uh, as I'm buying clothes, I'm like, oh, here's a size four. Why don't I just something? You know, God just said to me, why don't you try it on? And I was like, uh, whatever, you know, sure. And it fit. I said, oh, these got to be, like, the biggest, you know, sometimes the sizes are just not right. I, I said, this has got to be. And then I tried another size four, and that fit. I was like, oh, my God, this is. So God has been doing in me what I just, honestly, I have no power within me. Maintaining it, this size four, you know, that's been a worry for me because I'm like, this is awesome. You know, it's not the solution to everything. And believe me, when you lose weight, you still have so many problems. It's, this is not the goal. It's just the weight loss. It's just a nice byproduct. The goal is how do I live life on life's terms, accepting myself, loving myself through the good, the bad, and not um, manage, not um, trying to control things and letting go, letting God. And my goal is is just how can I reflect God in the way I respond to challenges and to life in general. Um, and it's far from perfect, you know. But I do see lots of progress. And I, I give God the total credit because only through um, this connection with him have I been able to do anything, really. I mean, I, I, I'm lazy and all get up. The only exercise I really do is walking. And... Um, Thank God he was able to do something with my weight through that because I, you know, I don't like my hair getting all messed up by aerobic exercise and having to wash it all the time. So it's just so nice to just take a leisurely walk. My hair is in place. I still look good. I, I walked an hour before I got here, you know. Just take a brush. No, you know, shower, really. You know, it may smell a little funky if you come over, but not a real, like, you know, deep shower that you would need for um, an aerobic exercise. And it's nice because the walking, I like to meditate during the walk. I like to pray during the walk. So it's like me and God time a lot of times. So I'm, like, multitasking. And so, you know, I recommend it to anybody here. And, um, yeah, it's just been amazing. I'm so, you know, after only two years, this, all this abundance. I've, I've got some great news about um, work this week, which I'm excited about. Um, um, you know, I went to fashion night on Thursday night that was happening in Main Street in Santa Monica with two friends. And normally, you know, especially when I was heavier and I always have loved, loved clothes, I would be like, oh, should I go? Should I not? Now I was like... I am fashion night, bring it on. I am, I've got, you know, tons of clothes now to choose from and look cute. And it was fun meeting different people. And my friends and I went into this photo booth at one of the stores and put on these wacky hats and scarves and guns. And we were like Charlie's Angels. And, you know, it's like now I'm actually able to enjoy these type of things that before, as a heavy person, I was so self-conscious. I wouldn't really be able to be in the moment. And, um... You know that that's just, it's a it's a wonderful thing being able to be in the moment and more present for all of you um, and honest with myself and honest you know that honesty is is really really the key. So yeah, I you know when I've come back, I've really been working the program hard and learning from all of you how to you know. Be vulnerable, and that's my greatest 
I mean, there's so many defects I have, but the top is pride, and um, I hate vulnerability. You know, that, that's why I love when you newcomers or people who are struggling come up here and talk about it, because I just always want to be the rah-rah, because that's really how I've dealt with life, is just, you know, despite all the pain and suffering and loneliness, it's been like, hi, yeah, cheerfulness, really false cheerfulness. And so it's going to take time for me to just really want to be open and vulnerable. I see progress in, in that willingness, and I see the positive results that have been occurring as I um, do that. I'm so much less defensive. I mean, I used to be, even if I could mask it to you that I was defensive, inside I would be seething at a correction or, you know, being told, you know, I'm wrong or whatever. Now, even in, not only am I not outwardly, um, offended or defensive, uh, in my spirit, I'm just like, yeah, you know, you're right. I did, I did mess up, and I, I do have to improve that. And, and I see that as I do that, other people around me do that too, and that's incredible. Like I would have never learned that had I not um, come to these rooms and and heard, you know, so much strength and hope. And my sponsor has been absolutely indispensable. My sponsor is kick-ass and so patient uh, with me and all my craziness and lunacy and ugh, she sees so much of it and loves me unconditionally. She's so great with wisdom nuggets of just how to handle life and how to do the program and I love, I love my sponsor so much. She's incredible and um, she definitely is like the hands and feet of God. So anybody kind of on the fence about whether you should get one or, or not, um, it, it really has made all the difference. In my um, big book study that I go to every week, the teacher has been in program uh, for about 20 years, and he used to think that the rooms were the key to healing um, and recovery and abstinence, and then he used to think that um, all of your shares and all of you were, or, or not the shares, the steps. He used to think then the steps were the key to the healing. And, and finally, after 20 years of working the program and going to big book studies, he has concluded it is your sponsor that is really the key to your recovery and, you know, your ability to maintain abstinence. So anything, you know, of good that I'm saying or doing really has to be credited to that amazing woman who is uh, just so selfless and makes time for me and just hears all my craziness and lunacy and loves me anyway. Um, Definitely when I turned over my fifth step with her, I cried because, I again, I'm so full of pride and, and my attempts at vulnerability growing up did not exactly work out that well um, <laughs> within my own family. So I was just taught that, hey, a vulner vulnerability is not going to cut it. In, in my family, you, you, it's not very compassionate, and um, you really have to be tough. And so, uh, you know, just, you know, deal with it. You've got a problem, deal with it. And, and you know, many of our families are that way. And um, 
it, it was just so, I definitely had a psychic uh, change when I did my fifth step with my sponsor, so I highly recommend, you know, take your time, find a good, you know, sponsor, and then even if that sponsor doesn't work out, you, you know, there's always lots of other options. So, um, yeah, the, the way it is now is I just take a day at a time. There is so much, like, craziness going on in my life that I feel light about, like, because it's the future, you know. It's, like, uh, this great job news. It's the future. I'm not, you know, concerned about it. I, I am turning it over to God now and letting him deal with it. And so when I do that, it frees me up to just, live more in the moment and not be worried about it too much. Um, someone asked me before I came up to speak, are you nervous? I was like, yeah, whatever. You know, it's kind of like I've been turning over this share with you and, you know, if you, uh, you know, I'm hoping somebody will get something out of it. And I really just said, you know, God, let me be your channel and whatever comes out of my mouth is just what I hope he wanted me to say and, you know, is is help impactful positively to someone but in terms of nervousness you know i'm not trying to impress you i'm not trying to sell you on anything i just am sharing my experience and so it's kind of like yeah i'm nervous but it is what it is it's gonna be over in a half hour <laughs> so um yeah i am just you know again so grateful for this opportunity to speak here. This, this meeting is one of my key meetings that I serve at as a delegate, and I love um, your stories have propelled me to greater lengths of, of abstinence and recovery, and I'm just hugely grateful. I can never, ever, ever leave OA. OA is my lifetime commitment because it has restored me to sanity, it has given me a life, and it has enabled me to deal with life on life's terms and maintain a size four. Hello, that's, I mean, like, what's crazy? Um, and, um, yeah, so what I'd like to do is end there and take any sort of questions you may have. Yes. Excellent question. What I've done is I see right away when my resentments come into a discussion with my sister. They can come rather quickly. She's kind of caustic. Uh, recently, for example, I helped her um, find a connect with a headhunter in New York City um, through the CEO of that company. And uh, relating to that meeting, my sister called me a douche. Uh, yeah, she felt I was, the reason I had helped her was so that I could go to my mom and brag about it. So only, and she came to that conclusion only by me asking, oh, have you mentioned it to mom? Because I know my mom and her have a, a, a tenuous, you know, relationship. So what I do with my sister and using the tools is I talk to my sponsor about it and to friends and fellows. Immediately I see the resentment coming and I turn it over to God and um, thankfully through meditation every day, I just have a more of a peace and a pause so that I'm not, um, she doesn't, you know, I know who she is, I accept her, I love her, and 
it's not a surprise when craziness and insanity comes out. So through meditation and being able to pause and just kind of disconnect from her and the dysfunction that she does, it all these types of tools, and then be able to come up in here and share about it. I've shared it in meetings. Oh my God, my sister's antics in so many meetings. You guys have gotten to hear. <laughs> so over the months, so that's how I use the tools. Yeah, it's awesome. It's Herb Kagan in Culver City. He's fantastic. Oh, the spiritual awakening that I have gotten from the meeting, especially though I feel like the biggest two things I learned is the importance of my sponsor and how much I need to appreciate her and really, you know, utilize that tool since he seems to feel it's the key to recovery. And then, um, and I can see that too, and then the really big thing so far, we're only on step two. Or, yeah, from the big book, and like page 49 of the big book. Um, but he goes very slow. I have learned just how sick I am from this. Uh, I, I am truly, I had no idea. And, and it's great. I mean, it's like, it's, it's, it's wonderful. Like, I don't have, it, it's, it's wonderful to be able to see my sickness and yet not beat myself over the head about it. And that's the healing of the program. Yes, Laura. Um, thank you so much for your share. Can you talk about how you've moved past your approval seeking? I, yeah, definitely. I've worked the steps. I literally say, it's, I'm so glad you said that because that's a big, big one for me. So um, impressing people and wanting other people's approval. And what I do is, uh, I, I rec- as soon as I saw it, I was like, that's me. Like, as soon as I read it in some OA literature, <laughs> about needing to do that. I immediately, it's, I can tell you about five, if not seven days a week, I work the steps on just that, on approval. And then just miraculously, it's been getting better and better. It's not it's not perfect. I still do like, and, and I feel it's healthy to have, you know, want some approval from people. I think it's not like you should be this robot of I don't need you because that's not true you do need people and and it feels good to have other people approve you you know and validate you so but really um what I do is I go God I am powerless over being able to impress other people or gain their approval I cannot manage it I believe you will restore me to sanity I turn this over to the care of you I'm entirely ready to have you remove this shortcoming and humbly ask you to remove the shortcoming and that's what I do with all my resentments and thank you my time has ended (laughs)